0: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head.
1: With Counterpoint. CounterPoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
0: It is time for CounterPoint. We bring in Stephen LaDrew. He's a lawyer, broadcaster, former president of the Liberal Party of Canada, and almost normal now. <laughs> and uh, Dennis Matthews, VP of uh, Marketing Communications over at Enterprise Canada. Hi, guys.
1: Hi. Lovely to be here.
0: <laughs> got lots to talk about. Um, oh, I should probably have my uh, notes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on on the uh, the streets. We've got reports of a shooting. To, uh, it, it reported now as young girls, age five and nine, caught in the crossfire of bullets fired near a playground. And uh, I guess the neighbors thought it was fireworks, but no. We've got gun crime on the rise. It is, you know, on par to be as bad as You're the Gun, which happened back in 2005. We got politicians like the mayor saying, yeah, there's no problem. We've got the chief of police saying, yeah, no, everything's kind of normal. And uh, I say, we've got very big problems. But the chief of police went to the scene. Uh, because the shooting happened around 5 o'clock. Here was his response. I'll get you to listen to it, and I'll get your feedback.
1: You know what? This is the same thing that we go through every summer, so let, let's be very clear. Uh, when we look at our numbers, there's not this tremendous spike. There hasn't been. Uh, when we do have shooting incidents, they do go in peaks and valleys right across the city. It happens every single year. I'm not happy with it, so I'm not here to say all is well. Any time that someone is motivated to use a firearm, I have great concerns for that.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll start with you on this, uh, Dennis. Uh, You know, he kind of he makes it sound like it's just like a seasonal Mm -hmm. thing. Like, oh, summer's here. Shootings. Get your ice cream. Like we have two children that have been caught in the crossfire of what is likely gang, uh, you know, a a turf war. And uh, we don't have politicians that will call it what it is.
2: Yeah, look, I've got two I've got two young kids. So when you read a headline like this, it really hits you. Uh, There's two things I'd say here. First, I really don't like the normalization of this, and I think that's kind of what you're you're hitting at here. And you you heard that with the police chief. It's it's sort of like downplaying these things, and uh, and I don't get that. But you know, second, and and I'm not sure if he said this exactly, but I saw other politicians out there saying this. You know, our thoughts and prayers, quote unquote, are with uh, are with the you know the victims here. And it's just it drives me nuts. It's like the ultimate it's the ultimate symbol of I'm not really going to take this seriously. I'm just going to say, hey, I hope everybody's okay, and and we'll sort of go on. you always love it. There's always politicians say we need to get to the root cause. Let's get to the root cause here. But it's pretty obvious what it is. It this is gang issues, and let's like really, really crack down for once.
0: Yeah, Stephen. Uh, every time I hear the term thoughts or prayers, um, you know, right. my skin crawls. It's so disingenuous. It's such a political talking point. Yeah. It's actual BS. And I would like some honesty. And I think everyone wants some honesty.
1: Well, it is a whole load of crap. But you know what? When you when you have these incidents. I mean, the police can't be everywhere all the time. And I also want these communities to take some responsibility. They know who the gang members are. I know it's not easy to rat on them. But, you know, when you hear the moms and somebody will get arrested, well, he was a great boy, yeah. and he was a lovely boy. You know what? You've got to take some community responsibility. You've got to take some, some uh, own-up and say this has got to stop. Now, the other thing, though, with that, and there's a study in Britain last week, because there's a huge crime wave in Britain, yeah. and they're saying one of the incidents, one of the reasons for it is this reintegration into society. And they're saying, like, a lot of these hardened criminals, these gang members, They say, well, you know what? Doesn't matter if we get caught doing the drugs or doing the shootings, whatever it is, because we're going to be out
0: Mm -hmm. on the street
1: Mm -hmm. again in nine months.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, do it. You got to start doing the time. So that's a federal issue. We got to bring in some criminal code amendments to say, you do, you you shoot a five year old with a gun. I don't give a darn what the circumstances are. You're going to do some serious time. Yeah, Yeah. look, a lot
0: of these crimes from 2005 were shootings that I attended as a reporter. I mean, it was like every other day. And a lot of those crimes have been through the courts. And a lot of those guys are now getting out. I think Stephen makes a very good point in that. But we've taken intelligence power away from the police. And, you know, no one's willing to say it.
2: Yeah. And, and we've also rolled back these, you down. know, we, I guess the liberals have, in, in Ottawa have rolled back a lot of these mandatory minimums where, you know, if you used a gun, there there yeah. was some serious consequence here. And, and I'd love to see, and uh, I think Stephen's right on this, where if you, if you use a gun in the context of a, of a crime, you're going to go away for a long time. And you know what, if you shoot a kid, Especially I don't care if it's by accident, yard, yeah. you know, 25 years, just lock them up. I'm ha- if, if it costs me more taxes, I'm happy to pay it. If you shoot a kid, even by accident, you're done.
0: It's an election year, Stephen. There's no re- the mayor should and would not lose if he took a tough stand on this. He mm-hmm. would not lose. The activist might have a problem I'd with him. Be
1: right on that, but I mean he, he there's really not a lot he can do in the sense that you can't have cops around every school all the time. No, but you can have and them in
0: vulnerable areas total, where total crime tax. is ta- well, you can put them into the areas where the gang and turf wars are. You certainly can.
1: Well, don't you think that's up for the chief of police? Well, I, I think mean, the,
0: the but he, he he doesn't even see it as a problem. It's possible. summer. Yeah, the
1: police should be saying, we are going to deal with these gangs.
0: Yeah, no, you've got yeah. a fight right now between the unions and the police. Um, and, and clearly by the chief's uh, comments... He, he says, "Well, it's just the time of the year." Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the okay. Tone, the tone was off. for so it's sure. up
1: to people. It's up to people like you and I, Alex and Dennis, to sit there and say, "You know what? We don't like this talk. We don't like the fact that, well, you know, it's got this hills and it's valleys and it's up and down. You know, not no." Shooting of a child near a school is acceptable.
0: Well, thoughts and prayers, everyone. Thoughts and prayers. You know. Oh, uh, let's let's talk about uh, Doug Ford, uh, Premier Designate Doug Ford. A meeting with Christian Freeland today to talk NAFTA and tariffs. This is going to be a massive challenge for him, Dennis. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he, he it wasn't really an election issue, no. but it certainly seems to have heated up since the election. Given all the rhetoric between Trump and Prime Minister Trudeau, um, is his approach? What should his approach be?
2: Yeah, like you're right. wasn't wasn't an election issue, but you know what was an election issue were a lot of attacks on on what Doug Ford would be like, and you know that he was sort of portrayed as going to he was going to be chaotic. He was going to fight with everybody. He was going to do all these things that sort of weren't normal for being a premier. And I looked at him today, and I was just you know I was so impressed. I mean, this is a guy who's who's standing there or sitting there you now with a, a a liberal foreign affairs minister from Ottawa who's probably not a natural political ally for him. Mm-hmm. Presenting a united force, uh, you know, against the U.S. president, who's sort of very hostile to Canada on, on NAFTA, and and he was he was he was strong, he was measured, and it's just these these caricatures get created of of politicians during a campaign, and then you actually get to see them when they get elected. And for me, you know, you're really starting to see what uh, Premier Doug Ford is going to be like. And I you know I think that there's there's not you're not know, going to be able to do everything to to protect jobs and stuff in the face of a a, a real NAFTA battle, but. You know, you, you saw today that he's taking this seriously, and he's, uh, he's really on top of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, talk is cheap, though, uh, uh, Stephen, you well know that. <laughs> w- what would your advice be to Mr. Ford? He does have a business background, and he also has businesses in the United States. What would you be telling him to do?
1: Well, I think that he, I think I agree with that in a sense, in a sense that it was good that he was responsible, and he was saying, well, we're going to be, you know, be dealing with this, and fighting, we're standing shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> Shoulder to shoulder. Uh, clearly, <laughs> we're talking about carbon tax. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> we'll this get to situation. that. <laughs> we'll get to that. I know that. Um, but uh, on this one, what I don't like, I thought Ford did very well today. What I don't like is the fact that all politicians in Canada have to sit there and say, well, we support the Prime Minister. There's no discussion about that because, first of all, I think the Prime Minister has cocked it up completely. I think he was sucking up the Ford, which is the wrong thing to do. Ford would throw his mother under the bus if it was, you know, somebody given him five bucks for it. So that whole. Last year. You mean Trump? Trump. Yeah, Yeah, Trump. 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 I beg your pardon, Trump. Uh, No, Ford wouldn't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think Mrs. Ford Uh, would probably throw him right back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She'd beat him up. She would beat him up. I know her. She's a tough woman and a good woman. But I mean, Trump would do that. And I just think that, you know, we got to have some more discussion about how the government should respond to this. Because everybody's saying, oh, we support you, Trudeau. Baloney. I think he's been doing a crappy job at it.
0: Uh, the, by the way, let's, let, you're a liberal. I should, I should point out to people, <laughs> this is a liberal saying that. So, you know, <laughs> I've been you know, very right, measured. Uh,
1: not, and, <laughs> Alex, we have to always say, I was a liberal where the Liberal Party was for fiscal, you know, uh, uh, conservatism, and socially progressive. The Liberal Party now is not the Liberal Party it was years ago. This is now the Trudeau Party. Just like the Republican Party in the States is the Trump Party, mm-hmm. the Liberal Party of Canada is the Trudeau Party. It doesn't stand for anything that it used to. But I just think that we need a better... Discussion on a better discussion on radio, a better discussion with politicians as to how we deal with things. Because I'm all for putting some really tough counter countervailing, uh, tariffs on stuff that uh, we you know, that that we buy from the United States.
0: Okay, cool. I'll let you. An awful lot. Yeah. Well, we do. Uh, I'll leave it on that. Stop sitting on your phone. Um, We'll come back and we'll we'll talk about the Liberals choosing a new leader and why are Ottawa politicians uh, hunkering down for a long night over the issue of carbon taxes. We'll pick up that part of the conversation next here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head
2: with Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.
0: It is Counterpoint. We're joined by Stephen Ladru and Dennis Matthews tonight. Uh, Liberals have chosen an interim leader, poor guy. Uh, MPP John Fraser of uh, Ottawa South gets the unbelievable task of cleaning up this mess. And it is a mess. He does have a lot of um, history with the party, 40 years. Um, I don't think, and I'll start with you on this, uh, Stephen. They should not be looking to Doug Ford for a official party status and he shouldn't give it if he does i think he's gonna piss off an awful lot of people but how should they rebuild and what should the liberal plan be over the next couple of years
1: they should suck in their breath and wait for a long long time i think that i mean i don't know why even this is news because it doesn't matter who the interim leader is uh it doesn't matter anything the liberals do for the for the next point but alex you brought the point about party status let's just let your listeners know party status it really isn't an awful lot. You get to, you get a few questions in question period. Well, the speaker's going well, to. You get a nice dirty anyway. office
0: on the fourth floor. Yeah,
1: right. Well, mean, the Queens Park. <laughs> back, you know, off yeah. in the in the, in the booties anyway, yeah. so that doesn't matter. So it's not a big deal. I think I disagree with you, Alex. I think that uh, Ford should give them party status. They should say we're doing this. We're magnanimous. We don't want to you know stop. Or curtail discussion. So you guys get your offices way back there. Go back and lick your wounds. And uh, it's not going to cost a lot, if anything, for party status. I don't even know what it costs, but I know it's not very much at all. He should be gracious, gracious in victory.
0: No, oh, okay. Well, oh, there you go, uh, Dennis.
2: You know, I I just think the rule is eight. It used to be, I gather, it was used to be twenty or twenty-five, and, yeah. and they lowered it at one point down to down to to eight. Uh, so I, you know, like I'm why have it at
1: all? Yeah, why have it at all
2: if you're going yeah, to keep if you're going to keep changing it? So keep
1: the, but, com- the you know, one communist that gets elected. out.
2: <laughs> you know, I think that the bigger question here for the for the uh, for the Ontario Liberals. I mean, this is their worst showing since I guess the Second World War. Mm. And people often point to Ottawa and say, "Well, hey, look at look at how Liberals climb back so quickly." Well, you know, they had a sort of a once in a generation, like a supernova kind of candidate in in Justin Trudeau, and I, I don't see somebody like that in Ontario that can vault them up. Uh, but in terms of the interim leader, you know, I worked for Ron Ambrose for a year and a half when mm-hmm. she was interim conservative leader in in Ottawa, and I think can't the, we bring her back? I, I'd love to bring her back. <laughs> I, you know, but I think the biggest By thing, the way. I think the biggest thing you can do as interim leader is is just try to heal the internal wounds and and you want to be in a scenario when that new leader comes in, you know they're not sort of negotiating uh, all sorts of internal battles. like get the party to come to peace with itself with its with its defeat, yeah, and sort of accept that they've got a long climb ahead and get some of that kind of early fundamental work out of the way.
0: yeah, and and they should yeah. go back to the roots of what liberal uh, in Ontario were. I mean, they should bring yeah. in... Yeah,
1: I mean, they, go back they to were the losers. Yeah, Alex, they were losers. People forget that in the 60s and 70s and 80s, the 50s, the liberals were absolute losers in Ontario. Remember Stuart Smith? I mean... That's before know, my time. I mean, <laughs> they, couldn't, they, couldn't get, they couldn't have a party of four <laughs> in a busy bar. <laughs> you know, so, I mean,
2: got a party of seven now in a minivan. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, people say, "Well, this <laughs> an electric this party, car, <laughs> you
1: know?" This this wonderful, big, powerful party. I mean, old fashioned PCs in Ontario must laugh at that. Yeah. Through the days of Frost and Robarts and Davis, I mean, they were a power. The liberals have rarely been a power in Ontario. Yeah, are going to go back to being third party status.
2: No, and and, and look, you you, you got to look here that the way with liberals win is when they get in the middle and they paint, you know, conservatives are too extreme and the NDP are too extreme, and they completely abandon that ground. It was it was probably the biggest strategic blunder you know we've seen in a in a, in a long time. Yeah, and you know, but it's going to be hard to to climb back into that place because they're not, just not part of the conversation. Well, they're not, but
0: they you know bring someone normal like Sandra Pupatello back, and, and a lot mm-hmm. of people will uh, actually Some be able to resonate. would wouldn't,
1: so, wouldn't that be lovely,
0: Alex? It would be. Yes, someone it normal. It would really. That's I'm okay with the one that's in charge now, but I'm just saying for your party. I
2: do love the guy who's in charge now, though, during the election campaign, took all the red off his signs, and he was the one with, like, black and white and yellow signs, so he's their new leader. I'm not
0: with that party. All right, let's talk about what's going on in uh, Ottawa, because the uh, Conservatives have set the stage for a possible second filibuster in the House of Commons, and what they're planning to do is keep the Liberals, uh, you know, the MPs voting for up to 30 straight hours in an attempt to get them to disclose the cost of carbon tax. Dennis, They have put through 200 motions trying to ask the liberals, how much will this carbon tax cost? And the liberals refuse to say Mm -hmm. why. Why is it so hard to say what the price is?
2: Well, they don't want to say because I'm sure the price is uh, is a lot higher for for families and individuals and businesses than they actually would would ever care to admit. So, you know, I'll, I'll give some kudos out here to the the conservatives in in Ottawa. You know, they've they've done a good job of of using our parliamentary democracy to actually hold the liberals accountable to this kind of stuff. When you know, otherwise, I think they'd love to just sort of get away with this and and get off with a with a summer vacation and and not answer these questions.
1: Dennis, you know, I agree with the last part of what you're saying. Is that good for the conservatives for holding the liberal feet to the fire? I as to the first part of your answer saying, well, because they don't want to No it's not that at all, Dennis. They don't know (laughs) Well yeah. (laughs) They do not know how much it's gonna cost everybody. They are just out there spitting in a windstorm.
0: How can yeah. you they're not know this support. far in? You campaigned on it. You've pushed it through. It. How can you not know yeah. that? To me, is I, like
2: I think you're giving them way too much credit for uh, for being clueless. When I, I think they actually they they know, <laughs> and you know that they, they just don't want it out there because they don't want to be you know having people say, well, I don't want to pay extra five hundred dollars a year in in the carbon tax. Like, but they, how
0: come they're not well, looking we... at Ontario to see how the Green Energy Act, which by the way was put together by the help of Gerald Butts, who's now running the Country, but how is it that they're not looking at the pulse of Ontario and saying the green energy we shoved down everyone's throat that's bankrupting mm-hmm. people there? Clearly, it didn't work. Uh, we might want to either get a, a message with some clarity on this issue and, and start explaining. It's, it's, it's not, not people about people working get-
2: or not working for for these folks. It's it's often like it's almost like a quasi religious cause for them yeah. on the on the green energy front. And you know they're not really worried about how much it costs individuals. They're not really cu- worried about how much it, how many jobs it's going to cost. You know they're they're doing this for the Earth God Gaia and they're super happy about that. But, wow. but
0: but in doing you so, Stephen, you, you turn happy, people
1: not off.
2: For very long, Alex, yeah. because there's election in, what, in, in 15 months.
0: Well, it could be it's, tomorrow
1: uh, if they decide to, <laughs> to not vote on all these well, bills but, tonight. But if, if, Ford, if Ford sticks to his promise, yeah. I think he will, yeah. and he'll work to repeal Absolutely. the cotton trade, then Trudeau has said, well, I'm going to put in a carbon tax for Ontario for any province. Do you think for a second Trudeau is going to bring in a carbon tax in Ontario coming up to that election? He doesn't have, he doesn't have the guts, and he's not that stupid.
0: Well, well, Ford by canceling that, essentially, mm-hmm. it's dead,
1: is yeah. it not?
2: I mean, well, I
0: mean, Jason Kenney, if well, he's no, going to let you, it will for sure be you dead yeah
2: yeah, well, look, you got him. you've got uh, Saskatchewan that's already against it, and I, you know I think you're we're on the verge here of having Jason Kenney and, and the United Conservatives elected in, in Alberta. You're going to have a lot of powerful voices against this thing, and if you go back uh, even a couple of months, that wasn't the case.
0: Yeah, look, I think you know people who have good intentions with environmentalism and causes, I think um, they get really turned off when they find out that it's actually not helping their cause. It's just a simple cash grab as we've seen with green energy in Ontario. It did nothing. They lied about it and it's hurt too many people. So if they keep ramming this down everyone's throat, Stephen, and, and actually don't give clarity, they're going to end up hurting their cause more than helping it.
1: Well, you know what? And, and I think that's a good thing, Alex. The arrogance. Two years ago, the three of us wouldn't be able to even talk on radio about, you know, getting rid of the carbon tax because people would be throwing spitballs yeah. through your window down there, Alex. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, was, <laughs> well, well, they still do. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, you know, but, you know what's, what but what's so remarkable is is for conservatives, there was actually a time, you're you're right, even even a couple of months ago when people said, if you're a conservative and you don't support a carbon tax, you're not going to be able to get elected. Well, yeah. talk about having that well, blown out Patrick of the water Brown. Here. Yeah. I mean,
0: he'd be completely cheesed off the base by announcing a carbon plan, and it was wildly unpopular. I yeah. hated it, and I was like, well, That
2: was and one of the, one well, of the top reasons that... Yeah, it's one of the top reasons that, uh, that Doug Ford was elected premier, yeah. getting rid of that. Yeah.
0: All right, guys. Thank you. So Good is chat. Ford going to
1: stick to that promise, Alex? What's that? Is Ford going to stick to that promise?
0: Uh, yes, absolutely. And if he doesn't, yeah. I will go up to him and sock him in the chin period like he, if he if he cancels that I'm joking mr Ford if he doesn't if he cancels that the PP, he deserves the, the wrath hall. yeah he <laughs> deserves the uh, wrath that he gets if he cancels that promise he deserves everything he gets because he will really oh, really precisely
1: yeah I think you're right Alex
0: <laughs> all right I don't have to do any violence
1: thank you sir keep that, re- keep that video yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Lare joining us and Dennis Matthews. All right, thank you always fun on point I'm Alex Pearson and this is global news radio <laughs>